basically my high school story is that I was like this loser and I, but I was like, I was like naturally funny. I, yeah. I, you know, I wasn't like, and I had my small group of friends and I was the funny guy in that group of friends and like, we were all funny. And then, uh, high school had a, um, a news program basically every morning that was like student produced and they would like do some announcements and then they'd do some funny videos. Welcome to the Gladiator Seminars podcast. Host Aaron Chavez each week brings you an inspiring person, interesting topic or message to help inspire you to reach higher levels of awareness in your life and business. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Here Here we we go. go. Let's start the seminar. Hey guys, welcome to the show. This is Aaron Chavez, your host. This week's show is sponsored by Haven Real Estate. If you're wanting to sell your home or maybe buy a home in the Spokane area, feel free to call or text 509-591-5512. Really excited to have Andrew J. Rivers on the show. He's a comedian based in Seattle, Washington. Uh, Some of you may have seen uh, his little bit on Doomsday Preppers on your Facebook or on YouTube. It's just brilliant. Uh, Millions of people have actually seen that clip, that bit of his. Uh, He is the next big thing in comedy. Let's get this seminar started. Good. Welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for calling me. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of yours. uh, I'm sorry to hear that. (laughs) Yeah. You uh, kind of uh, caught my attention a little bit online. I was like, man, this guy's good. This guy's the next Jerry Seinfeld, possibly. Uh, hey, that's a huge compliment. I'll take that. Is that someone who you, uh, you I mean, like, who do you look at as far as a comic uh, that you kind of, you know, you kind of, you think you imitate? Sure. I mean, like, who's that? I mean, it, it kind of changes here and there. I mean, depending, I think um, because now I've been in, I've been performing comedy for for ten years. That I've sort of become an amalgam of several different. Uh, you know, um, I love Berbiglia. I love Chris Titus, um, but I also love, I would say, Norm Macdonald. Um, and I wouldn't compare him to. I mean, he's telling stories, but he's using silence more, and he's using, you know, and and just his kind of riffs and his, uh, you know, he sort of approaches every joke from a backwards perspective almost. It's really interesting. Um, And then I also love, like, guys like Stephen Wright or Mitch Hedberg or David Tells killing it with one-liners. Um, you know, just that short, pure joke is really exciting to me. So um, that's a pretty good list to start with. Um, I do love Seinfeld. I don't I don't watch a ton of his comedy, but I I relate to him personality-wise, I think, where yeah. he's, like, very socially awkward, and and it's even worse for him because he is famous, but he just goes, like, don't touch me. I don't want to talk to you. Like, go away. Um, I think there was a thing at a, at a red carpet, and this musician, Kesha, 
at the time was a pop star and she ran up like can I give you a hug and he was like no get away and it's like yeah you don't get to just run up to random people and talk like yeah. yeah. So I, I relate to a little bit of his assholishness, maybe uh, off stage. And uh, I think he's doing cool, clever things with combining his uh, love for cars with comedy. Yes. And uh, I think that's uh, an example of uh, where every comedian should be working towards is whatever they're passionate about, see if they can combine that and sort of make funny off of that. So I think yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm enjoying Washington State too. So I thought, yes. the guys from Washington State, that's cool. Hey, yeah, that's funny. So uh, you live in Spokane, right? Yeah, Spokane. Mm-hmm. And so you haven't seen me at that club yet. No, I haven't, and I, I can't just wait saw me you. online. Yeah, I just saw you online. I can't wait to wait to see you when you come. Hopefully, are you expected to come back anytime soon? Or yeah, I think. I mean, I have uh, definitely at least one or two nights in September coming up, and then I think a full weekend featuring in October or something like that for Brad Williams. Great! I, I can't. I'll make sure I get tickets to it then, and cool, and and check you out. So my so one of the questions I have for you is like what's your advice for someone who has the aspiration of becoming a comic do you have any like advice for them like someone who wants to become a comic and hasn't started yet but wants to sure um you know i was just thinking about this last night because i have an advice book that i've started gathering the signatures over the last 10 years of of comics that I've worked with and and people that I've just gotten to meet. I mean, obviously, I haven't worked with Bob Newhart or Larry the Cable Guy, but I've gotten an opportunity to just meet them and ask them to sign my advice book. So I've collected, I think, 200 and something pages of uh, advice. And, uh, and a friend of mine who has started comedy but is newer... Uh, he goes, can I copy that idea? And I'm like, of course, just uh, do your own thing with it, you know? And so he, so my my point is he was gonna, he told me to make the first page and then send him the book. And so my thought was that um, I think if you're not, if you don't want to quit, <laughs> then you're not trying hard enough. This is probably applying to people that have already done it and then I'll get to people that are uh, next. But I think if you're already doing it and you and you don't want to quit several times a year, then maybe you're not working hard enough. And I think the only thing that, that keeps you from quitting is, is a love for the game, so to speak. And so I think if you just love comedy... That's the reason to do it is is you should not get into this if you're thinking like, I'll be rich and famous in five years and then I'll be touring with Amy Schumer and selling out stadiums. And for some people, that is a thing that happens. But for 90% of us, it's a long journey. 15 year process to just getting uh, accepted by the industry you know and whether that's right or wrong you know sometimes I think about my own journey and I think like 
I don't know. I think maybe a few years ago, I I was probably worth putting on television, but those opportunities just didn't present themselves to me. So a lot of it is just luck and timing. So that's why you can't get discouraged where you, where you feel like, well, I'm not on the Tonight Show. And it's like, have you met the guy who runs the Tonight Show? Have you met anybody who has, you know, have you tried to submit? Have you, well, no. Well, I'm not ready yet, you know, and, and once you break down people's sort of thought process and, and maybe excuses, then to, to logical, you know, like I live in Seattle. So the fact is that I have to tour to make my money and he spends most of his time in New York City. So we just are not going to cross paths very often without me reaching out to him, but I'm not going to reach out until I feel like I have the perfect set on video, you know? So like, for example, right now I'm sending a set to like some of my friends that have been on late night, some of my friends that I know that just work for late night in some capacity. Like they're, I have a friend who's the warm up act for a show. And so I go, you see these comics all the time and you know, the bookers, give me your thoughts on this show. Cause when you, when you want to ask a pretty girl out, you kind of ask her friends like, Hey, do you think she'd be into me or am I anything? So, um, so, but as far as people that, um, so you, so the point is you can't get discouraged and give up, but, but for people that haven't even started, um, it's like, what are you even waiting for? What do you, because it's going to be miserable or it's not. Ninety percent of it goes terribly wrong the first time you try it, and you just kind of got to get that over with and see if you even like what that was. You know, if you if you go up and have a great time and you don't even like that, then you're closer to finding out something that you actually do like. This is what I got laid off from a job about eleven years ago, and then I got started in comedy after that, and so. I was just sitting around from a few months trying to figure out what to do while I was, I was getting, uh, unemployment insurance, you know, when you get laid off. So I was getting 300 bucks a week just to be unemployed. And, uh, and so I thought like, Oh, I did comedy and I'll try, I'll just give that a try. And then as soon as I did it, I was like, Oh, this is it. This was awesome. And as opposed to just waiting around and, and trying to design the perfect, open mic set and like just get out and do it and then if you hate it then you know well maybe I don't want to be on that so maybe I just want to do a podcast or maybe I I don't want to hear them not laughing at me you know <laughs> like um, maybe you just want to produce shows or whatever yeah. so um, you just got to try everything and and, uh, and luckily for me like you know I got started a couple months after I got laid off, but you know, even looking back, I'm like, I could have started even a few months earlier and imagine how further I would be now. Um, I don't, you don't want to look back with regret and with, um, you know, well, if I should have done this or if I could have done this, uh, the best time to try anything is, is today. And the second best time is tomorrow. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, you just gotta, you just gotta do it. Cause if you can't even, 
you know, you can't even get out of the house and get, you know, it's it's a whole thing and I get it. It's anxiety and it's all that, but you just gotta, you just, just gotta go for it sometimes. Yeah, what I love about your act and your, your bits are you're just an awesome storyteller. Uh, Thank you. And I connect with, I just connect with your stories. I just, the other day I'm sitting in my office and I'm watching your YouTube channel and uh, you were talking about uh, the Amazon Alexa and how it's the mini. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I just lost it. And I, I ran, I was just kind of goofy guy, but i laughing all the way sure. down the hallway. And then I tell someone That's else, fun. you know, it's just super fun style. Can you remember back, though, to your like your first set? Tell me about like, do you remember like how that went? Sure. I mean, I could tell you some of the jokes, too. Um uh, well, so I went to open mic at, at Giggles, which actually closed down and turned into a strip club called Jiggles. They didn't even change the sign. They're like, it's French now. And uh, it's reopened now as Laughs Comedy Club, and they've removed the pole, which is exciting. So um, that's a great club. But uh, there's a lot of interesting memories when I go in there, too. But um so I brought like maybe 10 friends to see me for my first time because it's kind of how you get on stage is uh, the comedy club knows that you're going to be terrible. So they're like, well, at least if 10 of your friends are coming and drinking and spending money, then I guess it's worth subjecting you to the audience for three minutes or whatever. So, um, so it was interesting. You know, it's funny you talk about sort of my style or whatever – I think I was trying, and I think this applies for like the first seven years of my career even, is that I was trying too hard to be funny, which sounds really stupid and it doesn't make any sense because people said that to me and I'm like, what do you, I'm not funny, I have to try to be funny. But looking back on my first show, I haven't seen a video of it in years, but um, it would be very painful to watch now, but I remember people laughing at me. And uh, they were kind of laughing in the wrong spots. But I didn't know the difference when I was new. I was like, they're just laughing. That's good. And um, so they were kind of laughing at me stumbling through the material. They were like, Andrew is being funny right now. Uh-huh. But his jokes are not that funny. And it, which is a weird... Um, you know, again, it's like these weird concepts that I don't know how to really explain using the words, but I want to try. So, uh, anyway, I got on stage and, um, I remember thinking like, man, if, if I just stop pacing and stop like rocking back and forth and being nervous, I remember thinking like, as soon as I stop being nervous, I'll be 10 times funnier. Um, because I thought, like, the jokes were kind of written okay. I had a joke about, um, let's see, it was about, I used to get beat up in high school, and, uh, and I had to, I had to run in between every class, you know, they ring the bell, and then you go to your locker, and then you go to the next class, and you have, like, five minutes to get there. And to me, every time class let out, it was my version of America's gladiators or whatever. Uh, because like, 
I got chased around the hall and I got like, I was like literally running away from bullies all the time in high school to the point that like, I remember my joke being like, there's people holding hands and I'm like running through them. Meanwhile, I'm getting chased by Thor or whatever. And um, so the analogy was there, but there was no writing of like a punchline. It was just like, oh yeah, the hallway was American Gladiators for me. getting chased by thunder or whatever and uh and then i would try to do like a goofy act out where i would like run you know but then i would like but people weren't laughing at the jokes so i would kind of like halfway um you know it's hard to commit to like a full act out if people aren't enjoying it you know so i would kind of like do the act out halfway and then kind of just mumble and then give up and then people would laugh at that and I'd be like oh okay well, they got it yeah. and I was like no they're laughing at me they just think I'm being an idiot and goofy but what you said isn't necessarily funny so um uh and then my other joke this was a joke that was like after I got laid off my boss sent me a friend request on Facebook uh, a month after he laid me off, which was cool, but also felt like yeah, is awkward because I, I he just laid me off, he ruined my life, and now he wants to be friends. But I'm a nice guy, so I accepted his friend request. But now I have to see all his posts, yeah. and it's like so busy, so much work, not enough time. And I'm like, maybe if you had another employee <laughs> around, yeah. you know, yeah. that was an example of like that was a joke, and I wrote it, and it. I knew how to write a joke, but it wasn't, it's not necessarily like brilliant. It's just going like, Hey, this, this guy wants to be my friend. What the fuck? You know, it's kind of absurd. So, uh, that's an example of, uh, of, uh, how terrible we all are at the, and so that's my point is if you're not starting and I started with jokes like that, then, you know, yeah. Then what are you waiting? I mean, that's not hard to beat. Uh, the only difference between me and someone else is that I stuck with it for ten years and 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 learned how to tell jokes. That was a that was a key part. <laughs> yeah. So like Hollywood calls tomorrow. Uh, I've been slowly writing, just kind of. I kind of go through phases where like I'll spend all my time writing on jokes and then I'll be in joke mode and then I'll get in like whatever sitcom mode or you know whatever I'm writing or you know I got that book of signatures that I'm trying to turn into a book um so like a couple months ago I started writing I started having an idea based on um so I've I've been watching a lot I started watching Frasier on Netflix Uh and it was so fun it's brilliant writing first of all and but what stood out to me as I binge watched you know whatever it is 13 seasons of this show was that once you have a character defined we just put that character in any situation that is repeatable and that's kind of your stick. I mean, you go, how would Frasier react to this? Well, you know who this character is. You know who Frasier is. You know who Niles are. You know who they are as humans. So you just got to, you just go imagine. So what I think about is like, just take a comic, a character, um, 
and this is partly because this is what my life is and I think it's really interesting to people that maybe don't have a perspective of what a, a, a road comedian is probably up to mm-hmm. um, and so I thought like it's if you just take a comedian that is like a feature level comic or probably where I'm at, you know, like on the verge of maybe some success, hopefully we'll see, you know, I don't want to call these things too soon, but, uh, I got rid of side stories. I got, I was supposed to be on a show for NBC and then at the last minute they cut the roster. So like part of me is like, Oh, I'm on the right track and that they do like me, but not enough to actually put me on TV yet. So like, so I think, so when I say that, I mean, I think I'm pretty good and I think I'm about to have some cool opportunities, but I'm not going to be an overnight celebrity type of person career. So, but I think the, the average road comic, if you just go, if you just take this character and you put him in, um, different comedy clubs every weekend there are so many absurd things that happen every single weekend at a comedy club whether it's uh weird interactions with the staff or drunk people after the shows or people heckling you or um you know for example i'm in um North Carolina right now in Kill Devil Hills and the comedy club is in a banquet room of a comfort inn and it's not that fancy you know but so you end up staying with the owner of the comedy club in his house and uh, it's just kind of weird he's a great guy uh, but it's it's still kind of weird you know it's just there's just awkward weird things that happen every day and and so I think that's kind of my idea for, um, you know, audience members come up to you after a show and they go, hey, you remind me of, uh, of so-and-so. And you're like, that's a weird thing to say. Or just whatever they say. Or you, like, try to hook up with a girl. Or a, a guy comes up and hits on you. And I've had people give me drugs after shows. They just hand me pot, which is fine. But this guy came to my show in Spokane actually and was like here's a thing of caffeine and I was like I don't want crush up caffeine like that's I could like explode my heart or like I'm not that crazy about I like taking naps I don't need caffeine like it's fine but like he brought he like made it this and then you're just standing there like well I don't want to be rude to this guy so I guess I'll just accept his can and then I'm like driving around I'm like do I throw this away or yeah. is this going to get traced back to me is it because he like put he was like a cop and he put his business card in the in the in the uh, <laughs> in the paper in the plastic bag in the Ziploc bag he put like a jar of caffeine crushed up and then he put like his business card for the sheriff's office and I was like what? What? if this is legal why do I have to have this kind of a thing <laughs> Like I don't want to, and then if I throw this away, are they gonna? Yeah. Is someone gonna find it and contact him, and then he's gonna be like, "What the fuck? I just gave you that stuff. You could have told me no." And I'm like, "I'm sorry, I'm awkward. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to say to people, you know." So it's all. I think that would be really interesting. Um, and the other idea I had is that in Tacoma, and hopefully starting in Spokane soon, but in Tacoma at the comedy club they do. The Tacoma Comedy Club voice, like the voice, like they do the show on NBC for singers, 
and uh, they're doing a version that is a live show called The Voice for Comedians, where comics go up and they're they're entry level comedians. They're trying to get accepted or passed, I guess, at the comedy club, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they've done a bunch of open mics and they've caught the eye of the comedy club, but they haven't been hired by the comedy club yet. So the comedy club holds a competition where they have uh, three judges or or coaches, I guess is the better word. And uh, the comics go up. There's like 60 comedians that audition and then 30 of them get picked to be on our team. And then we try to coach them up. And then the winner gets a bunch of money and a bunch of work from the comedy club. And then other comics get... You know, there is a representative from the club there watching that says, even if you don't advance very far, we're still going to use you and you get passed and, and stuff like that. And I think that's a really compelling way to do telev- to do comedy on television because uh, I think that's what a lot of shows are maybe struggling with. Like, um, Last Comic Standing keeps getting canceled and rebooted and yeah. and they keep trying to do different versions of it. Um, but they just, I, I don't know. I, I think that something is missing and I think that that would be an interesting way, you know, to showcase comedians and showcase some famous comedians that, that can sit and, and show you how to work with and build talent, which is the main thing with the voice is that, these comics get access to touring comedians, whether you think that they can, whether you want my career or someone else's career or not, you could at least hear me out and go like, if I have an idea for your joke and I go, hey, I think the reason it's not working is this, maybe flip this around, I probably have a better idea of why your joke may not work than you do or than than most maybe your peers or or some other comedians you know so i've been doing comedy 10 years and and so like so those are the things that i wish there were for me and and i think that that's a cool if you take a comic at my level that is like not yet been on late night or anything but it has, you know, it has a special and it has some little fan base, whatever it is. That's all, all cool. But obviously I'm trying to get like, you know, trying to get private jets and Kevin Hart style, you know? Uh, but if you get like, say you got like a comic like Titus who loves critiquing jokes and giving back to young comics and you got like two other really well-respected comedians and then we all auditioned for them and then they we got to spend you know a couple hours with a com- a comedian and then they tag our jokes or they go hey maybe try this or try some of this or you're doing this or they just go your set's perfect and which is what will happen for me cuz I'm a genius but um yeah i think that that would be a fun way to do comedy on television favorite shows was the last comic standing uh, right. Like when the the first iteration with Jay Moore, you know, I really like Jay Moore. Uh, right. I could see you. I could also see you. For some reason, like Three's Company, like the sure you know, that kind of you know because you got that kind of 
you know, I think you got that kind of uh, star power. I think you could. I just, Thanks. I just, it's just a matter of time, like you say. It's just yeah. being in the right place. I think at the that. Right I time. think that that. The, I think that those things may be around the corner. We'll see what happens. I think like it. I could totally do a sitcom. And I can. I you know. Again, it's just the opportunity to like to build those skills. I have to practice doing that. I have to practice acting, but I can't do that because I'm living paycheck to paycheck touring the country right now. Yeah. So like my focus on is on book another gig in North Carolina yeah. and book another gig in Spokane and book another gig here. And like, for example, my manager just, um, they're having this showcase Tuesday in New York city and it's an industry showcase. And they text me and they go, Hey, we had to reschedule that show. It's for this Tuesday now. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know I was on the show, but, and so I called them up and I'm like, Hey, is this worth coming out there for, you know, cause I'm already on the East coast and I can take a train up, but then I have to cancel like a bar gig in Seattle and like, but, you know, but I don't know. I just need I just need to get in front of the people as many times as I can because that's the goal. You know, like I'm I'm doing North Carolina for practice. This isn't the end result. Is you know, so you just got to be available to kind of do those because that's also that's stand up. That's that, that's the thing. I'm practicing every single day, and I've got sets ready to go for showcasing. So, um, yeah, just kind of a crazy thing like that. Do you have any uh, jokes that are like um, that that are like taboo? Like I know I've I've watched some of your sets where you're talking politics, and politics is such sure. a touchy subject right now. And I know you yeah. go, I've you went there. Do you? I mean, is there certain jokes that you like? You don't touch, or is there? What do you? What? what I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of anything. Um, I wish people would at least. I mean, a lot of times the political material they just kind of tune out, whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, but also it's hard to look back on like jokes I did three years ago and be like, well, they weren't that good. Yeah me anymore I mean they were the best I was capable of at the time and then I go did they really hate politics or did they just did I just not pull it off effectively um, but I did uh, for about for during the election year I basically kept touring with you know 20 minutes of political material because I just tend to write about whatever is bothering me and I yeah. couldn't stop thinking about Trump and, <laughs> and being like this guy is fooling a lot of people and I don't understand it and um, and so but I but I was careful to like well I made fun of Hillary and Bernie and Trump and I did so in that order because I thought like well I think if someone really likes Hillary, they're going to see that I'm, they're going to get the joke. Yeah. And, and it's not even that mean. I just called her boring. I call, I made a joke like Hillary Clinton is toothpaste. It's like, it's boring, but it's like nine out of 10 doctors recommend you go with this option, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and then I said Bernie had cool ideas, but he was like a crazy shouting. He looked like the guy. He like popped out of a time machine, and he uh, he looked like a he looked like a guy that like sleeps on a park bench and talks to birds. <laughs> and um, and then the bird flew 
flew down and like landed on his podium or whatever and it was like yeah that makes total sense that birds just fucking talk to him you know it's crazy um and then i made fun of trump last because i thought like I thought those people were more volatile, and I figured, hey, if if there's a chance that they're going to get upset, maybe I'll get a few of them to relax because I made fun of the other two candidates first. And I did some Hillary jokes, I did some Bernie jokes, I'm going to do some Trump jokes, we all can have a giggle together. Um, But... um, I don't know. I, I, you know, I've talked about, I've done dick jokes and I still have some stuff that, um, that is sexual and whatever, but, but I'm not, uh, you know, I try to be just a clean, cleaner. Like if, cause I did the dry bar thing and I think if people come to my show, I don't want them to be like, oh, this is filthy. But I, but I want them to meet me halfway where if I say fuck three times in an hour, mm-hmm. just trust me that, like, I didn't just pull them out for no reason. I just like a little bit of flavor on some of the jokes, you know. None of the jokes need it necessarily, but, but, uh, but uh, you know, I don't know. It, I, I may talk about politics again. I do actually do a real subtle... I mean, I haven't been at, like, um a good enough club to like I've got all this new material that I haven't put out yet on YouTube and stuff I mean I've put out like a full 45 minute tape I'm I'm trying to do that once a month just so like if people never see me if they live in a town that I never come to or 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 if they just enjoy watching that and they want to see me live again Mm -hmm. you know because I'll change stuff every every time but um but I'm, and I'm also very proud of my 45 minutes, so I want people to see it. But uh, but I have a new joke sort of about um, Facebook is the new church. You know, you're just checking in twice a week to show off your outfit and remind people that you're better than them. <laughs> and it's, you know, if you're religious, you can kind of take that the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm going, no, 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 Facebook is your community. It's who you're checking in because you don't have to leave the house anymore. Yeah. Anything you want can be delivered right to you. You're hungry, Uber Eats. You want a girlfriend, Amazon Prime. Everything you want is right to your house. So you don't talk to your neighbors anymore. So, but Facebook is a way of like, I get to watch my nieces grow up and I get to chat with people that I don't get to see in person as often. And it's sort of like running into your friend at the grocery store. Yeah. Going like, oh, look at uh, the photo of my kids. He's playing soccer. And uh, uh, we saw this comedian the other day. He was not funny. Don't go to that show, you know. And then, uh, look, Hillary Clinton runs a pedophile ring out of a pizza shop. You know, it's all the same things that you would share with your friends if you just ran into them. Yeah. And that one is really funny because... Um, it doesn't get a huge laugh out of people, but there is definitely still tension. And I think it's people on the left kind of laugh silently or, uh, I don't even hear that. It's crazy thunderstorm. Um, but, uh, so, but then I think that they're also like, we don't want to laugh too hard because there might be some people in here that believe that or, yeah. or I think maybe people don't, the truth is maybe that people are not as informed about that 
people think, oh, yeah, they did some Facebook ads and there's some fake news, but no one really believed it. And it's like, well, a lot of people believed it. Um, you know, yeah. there's a lot of people that believe a lot of stuff and crazy shit happens. So, so I kind of have a saver line with it where I say, oh, I think that joke is too subtle. And then that gets a big laugh, which means they get it. They're just sort of afraid to laugh at yeah. the joke. And that's still not perfect. Obviously, I want the result of every joke to be a laugh. But yeah. um, if that's how it's going to work right now, then that's fine. And it still makes me laugh, which is the important thing. Like, if, if a joke doesn't make you laugh and it doesn't make the audience laugh, then what the fuck are yeah. you doing? Exactly. But uh, to me, it's really funny to be like... And also, I think it's making a great point of what Facebook is attempting to be versus what people are using it for. You know, I think that is the thing that I want to be known for is like, I could have a half hour conversation probably about every two minute joke I have. Um, but for the sake of comedy, you just make it a two minute conversation yeah. and hope that some of the stuff that's unsaid is uh, implied strongly enough or that it's just sort of an unspoken look we don't have to catch you up you guys read the news you know what I mean yeah. like ideally you guys know what I'm talking about but um, but you know it's and that's the thing is that's that's why I'm comfortable putting it all out there because mm-hmm. it gets me new fans. I mean, you've never heard of me. I've been to your city for five years yeah. and performed there a hundred times, and you've never seen me do comedy, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that is what the internet is for: is yeah. put that shit out there because. Also, you're not going to memorize my show and show up. And you may be like, oh, I've heard some of this and I've heard some of But you're still going to be surprised. Comedy is the element of surprise. And honestly, I've heard these jokes a lot myself, and I laugh at them a lot. I just think it's funny. I think it's funny to say the robots are going to take over and we deserve it (laughs) because we yell at the phones. And... uh, uh, you know, so that's the goal is to make comedy that can be impactful a little bit, and um, and I and also the other thing is if I put out a joke and now people are coming to see me on purpose, well, all right, now you better write some new jokes. Get off your ass. Don't be lazy. You know, so yeah. it's just a no. There's no bad. The only bad thing that comes from it is people leaving comments and going, like, you're not funny, and you stuttered in this joke, and blah, blah, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not perfect, and that's fine. I don't, I disagree with you on the funny part, but that's okay. Yeah. You're allowed to have an opinion. Um, your, your dad, your joke about your dad and buying the gun, I just, yeah. I, again, I lost it there because my dad... <laughs> just went out and bought a new gun you know what i mean oh man it's like holy shit what's incredible too is that that's really funny that's incredible that it's like these stories are just me talking about what happened but there's people that go i know i this is happening to me too or whatever and uh and that's that's the other important thing i think about in comedy that um how much of it is relatable and how much of it is people are like going through the same thing. Yeah. Um, I was listening to this song that came out like a year ago 
and it's I forget the the woman's name, but she's like a teenager, twenty or something in her twenties, and she's singing about being at a party and how she doesn't fit in and and everyone's smoking weed and she's like, I'll just be in the car. You guys are losers and whatever. And uh, and I was like, what a cool song! Like finally something I relate to, you know? Because I was never like a cool guy at parties. I always felt awkward. I hated them. I just sat in the corner and drank. Yeah. And I wanted to leave. And then and then the song blew up and it hit like number one or something. It got like a hundred million views on YouTube. And I'm like, that's like a hundred million people that relate to the song about being a loser at a party. So like. You're not as alone as you think you are. Sure. So that is the cool part of of what comedy is, where I go, oh, my dad bought a gun, and what an idiot. I don't know. And, <laughs> and people are laughing along, going like, yeah, we agree. That's not a good idea. And then there's other people going like, holy shit, my dad just bought a gun too. That's insane. I don't want Like, I thought I was just an idiot, but, like, this is happening... This is like a national conversation. Like, he shouldn't be allowed to have a gun necessarily. I mean, that's just my own view on, like, if you want to talk responsible gun ownership and, like, the reason for it and a well-regulated militia to prevent a government takeover, like, if that's what... If we're going to talk constitutionally, I don't think he's fighting in any wars. So uh, I think his time for that is big past. So... Uh, it just is fascinating to me the power that we have with our voices and and our and in comedy and and music and 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 that's why I think that they're not that far off. I was doing this interview and this this lady was like, "I saw on your website you're wearing like a fur coat. What do you want to be a rapper?" And I think she was trying to make fun of me, but I was like. How am I different from a rapper who's just telling you broken glass everywhere, people pissing in the hallway, just don't care. Like, that was their reality at the time. And people in the 1970s suburbs had no idea that people were living in extreme poverty by not accident of the government. Um, You know, whether they... You know, again, again, political, but like, you know, minorities have been screwed over by this country for years. Like, the Louis C.K. joke where he goes like, there wasn't a fucking parade the next day. It wasn't like, oh, everything's good now. You can vote, you know? Like, women are still fighting for equal rights. Like, can can we not have the president say, grab your pussy, and then like... That would be amazing. Like we're we're just asking for small concessions here. Um, yeah. So you know, it's it's interesting. Um, whatever. Yeah, again, you're a brilliant comic. Really see like something big happening for you. Uh, again, I'm a, a pretty new fan. Um, cool. But you you're working in your natural giftedness. I talk a lot about like people've got to find their sweet spot. You're in your yeah. sweet spot, and it's just a matter. Oh, of thanks, time. man. I, I got a quick another question for you. So like your best insights. You talked a little bit about you know for new comics coming in, don't give up. But what would be your best life like two life insights that you have for like an 18 year old who's 
or someone who's like in school struggling with some of the bullying issues that you went through, what would be your best advice for them? Like, hey, this this is something that you need to know. What is this? What would it be? Sure. I mean, a lot of it is. I mean, the big thing is like. Uh, the cool thing about that book project that I'm putting out, you know, is that it's a lot of that transfers to real life too. Like when Bob Newhart says, hang in there, it's also because life is hard. Like, you know, friends pass away or you lose contact with certain friends because they choose to do other activities or, or whatever, you know, or because of my choices, I decided I have to tour the country half the year so like some of my best friends that have day jobs I don't get to see them all the time so like that's hard and uh, so like just life in general like hang in there you know and then but as far as like getting bullied you know it is amazing and this is the thing that they'll hear probably a lot but it is amazing how little any of that means later Um, as soon as you graduate high school, you don't even see, you don't have to see any of those people ever again. Yeah. So, um, you know, start working out. I would get, I would, (laughs) I would, uh, I would like get a gym membership and like that will, um, that is the thing I wish I started doing 20 years ago, you know, is like getting in good shape and, and looking like a, an adult human as opposed to just being a scrawny uh, nerd my whole life. And, um, and, and those, and then start doing cool things that you like make videos. Would I, loser and I, but I was like, I was like naturally funny. I, yeah. I, you know, I wasn't like, and I had my small group of friends and I was the funny guy in that group of friends and like we were all funny and then uh, our high school had a um, uh, a news program basically every morning that was like student produced and they would like do some announcements and then they'd do some funny video and there were there was like uh, comics there was a there was a student doing a thing called rad rides where he like showed off their tricked out honda civics and their bmws that their parents bought them and and like me and my best friend we had like he had like a ford ranger with a dent in the side and i had like and you know it was a two-wheel drive pickup and i had a um a satter you know and so it wasn't like we thought like well there's a whole group of people being sort of disenfranchised by this video because we're not we don't have cool cars you know and so we made a thing called sad rides where we kept we kept pitching to first the people that were in the class we go you guys should do a parody called sad rides where you do all the crappy cars and they're like all right you losers get away from us you know then we went to the teacher we go we got all these ideas we should do sad rides and the teacher was like well why don't you just join the class and we're like we don't have any prerequisite courses like we've never even videoed anything and he's like well just i'll wave it if you promise to work hard and we're like okay 
And it turns out when you're doing something that you really like, yeah. and when you're like, this is going to be fun, the work sort of, it's still work. Like, don't get, don't get anyone twisted about, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. That's all bullshit. It's a lot of work. But it is more rewarding because it is something that came from your brain. And so we made a thing called Sad Rides, and we joined it. And then from there, it was like, People in the hallway were like, hey, that was a cool video. Hey, that was hilarious. We liked the thing you did. That was fun. And then we started interviewing people and doing all these cool things and, like, coming up with these funny videos. And then we became, like, not necessarily cool kids or super popular, but, like, well-known and, like... Yeah. And, like, and girls started liking me and, like, having interest. And I was like, oh, like, I, you know, if you're not bringing anything to to the community then like in the same way that you just post videos on Instagram and, and Facebook and YouTube and like Reddit and eventually someone sees it and and that makes a difference and um, so just find something you're passionate about whether it's making skateboard videos or skiing videos or or you want to start a podcast where you interview comedians or you know, the comedy club is like 18 and up on some nights. You can go to an open mic night and all, like, clearly I'm very famous and I'm still talking to you. I never met you, random guy. Just hit me up. And, but, uh, you know, we just want attention. You can go interview basketball players. They got Hoop Fest in Spokane, you know. Um, whatever you're into, find something that is along those lines and just start asking questions like, I made a YouTube show called Don't Quit Your Night Job where I, I I went to John Ryan's autograph signing when he was a punter for the Seahawks. He had an autograph signing mm-hmm. like 10 minutes from my house. And so I, I went to Kinko's. I spent five bucks. I got a picture of him falling on his face and I printed it out. And then I, wait, I paid 20 bucks and I waited in line and I said hey I have this video idea where you kick me punts and I try to catch him and it goes really terribly and he just laughs and he goes yeah man here's my number let's do it sometime Uh now not everyone is going to be as cool as John Ryan in that instance but like if you reach out to five people maybe one person does it you know maybe you reach out to ten people and one person does it so um, just find a thing you want to do and make it and then learn from that because the sooner you get started doing that like I remember I spent like I spent like two months editing the first YouTube video and then by the time I got to episode 10 I had to edit it in like three days because I was like oh I know what I'm doing now and this is easier and god that first episode is so embarrassing but that was cool and it was fun and it was the best I was capable of at that time so you can't get mad at that so just go out and do stuff like live life and explore and also because like you don't know what's gonna happen someone your parents might might divorce and and you might have to move cities or you know you know someone might you know you get caught in a shooting or like you know there's crazy shit that happens but for the most of us we're gonna live to be about 80 or more yeah. so like get started now on something cause you got a lot of time yeah and but 
but you don't know, you know, time is the only thing you don't get back and then you don't know how much of it you have. So it's just a thing that you've got to use because someone put their insecurities onto them and now they're putting their insecurities onto you. So whenever someone tells you that you, you're, I had a comedy club owner tell me I would never get paid to do comedy and I would never be on TV and nothing ever good would ever. So like he, but he didn't know he was just an asshole because someone was an asshole to him. Yeah. So you just got to look at the context of, of all that stuff and, yeah. Um, there's a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk. He goes by Gary V on social media, yeah. and uh, he's great at um, sort of breaking down those human interactions into like what they really are. Yeah. Um, and that's a guy that I would recommend a lot of people follow if they're into that kind of corny, motivational stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I watch Gary V too. I haven't bought his sneakers yet. He's, he sells those damn yeah. sneakers for a hundred. Yeah. Well, so here's my plan is to get on television and wear his sneakers on television. And then we become best friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, because he's all about that. Like, Hey, if you want something from me, what are you going to do for me? You know, exactly. it's the same thing that is like, okay, all right, I gotcha. You know? Yeah. So like, if I want him to tweet me to his million followers, like, Maybe I'll wear one of his pair of sneakers on that yeah. thing, you know? Totally. And that's a thing that cost me $100, right? Which is which is a lottery ticket. Like, yeah. it may not, he may just send me a DM and go, hey, thanks, I love your set, very funny. That's also cool. Yeah. Like, that's also great, you know? So don't have all these expectations of like, as soon as this happens, everything's going to be famous, so I'm going to, you know. Yeah. It just is all. In his uh, Instagram the other day, you know, he goes live a lot, as you know. Yep. And he was uh, walking through this um, little neighborhood, and they were he was hitting up um, uh, yard sales. And yeah. <laughs> so he was asking yeah. people, well, how much is this? And then people would, you know, they'd yeah. search it for Were you watching that at all? It's just super. Yeah, so I love that. The whole, it's like, he's a millionaire, and he goes garage sailing with, like, a video camera crew. Yeah. And, uh, and he, because he wants to inspire people that are like, I don't have any money. I don't know how to get started. I can't afford a video camera. And he's like, do you have $50? Yeah. Can you borrow $50? Go to a garage sale with your phone. Start looking up things on eBay. Buy the things for cheaper than they are. Buy a thing for $6 and sell it for 15 And boom, you made $6 profit. And if you do that all day, you can walk away with $200 profit. Yeah. And it is time and it is exhausting and you have to do all this and there's eBay feeds and there's all this stuff. But yes, you can walk away with $200 in a day's work. Yeah. Or you can be an Uber driver and spend all your day doing that. But yeah. like, what do you find more interesting, you know? For sure. Um, do you, do, you, so, do yeah. you do schools at all? Uh, do you ever do like an assembly or anything like that? For is that? Are you I working? do colleges. Like okay. I have a. I did a NACA showcase, and I've done colleges where they just perform. They just hire you to do comedy. Yeah, yeah. I got an offer for like a Catholic school recently that was like no sexual content, no religious politics, no nothing. Yeah. And I was like, ah, I'm gonna pass. <laughs> I, <laughs> I. Uh, because I can pull it off, but also, like, sometimes with that, you're like, tell me exactly, can you just watch my video and tell me what parts to not do? Because yeah. that would be easier than guessing. And so I just go, ah, I'm not going to do that. I, I can't really do that. Yeah. Um, but, like, 
I teach a uh, class in Tacoma with me and my friend Corey Michaelis, who's a great comedian from Seattle that you should look up. Everybody should look up. And um, he is a high school teacher or, and has been for about 15 years. And he's uh, part-time substitute teaching now to focus on comedy and being able to travel and take opportunities like again there's a there's a such thing as called they call it golden handcuffs where like if you have a job that makes you 400 grand a year at microsoft you're not gonna quit to become a comedian even if you're the most talented comedian that ever was you're just not gonna do that yeah. because comedy pays $12,000 a year for the first five years or whatever. So like, it's, it's also stupid. So he's been a part-time comedian and a full-time teacher, and now he's trying to switch it. Um, but so he and I he mostly, well, I'll say, he developed a course um, for comedy, to teach comedy, and then I joined in and started helping him teach it, and as we've gone through it now for four years, the class has sort of evolved with more of my input, but, um, uh, but yeah, so, and that's a fun thing, too, is a, a way to give back to the, to the upcoming comics and uh, try and teach them some stuff, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell you, brother, I appreciate you, Mr. Rivers, being on the show. You're a brilliant, sure. brilliant uh, comedian. Thank you. Uh, tell everyone you know. <laughs> I will. You, you got it. What is the website that you would people can find you? Sure, andrewjrivers.com has everything. I don't update it as well as well as I should because it's a, a pain in the ass. That's what's amazing. That's another thing that's amazing about like Facebook is I just go, here's everything. Right here, just here's my tour dates. Like so, if you're like going for tour dates, it should be accurate within within some examples. But like my Facebook fan page and my Instagram are more accurate. With for example, like I just got a call to like go to New York next week, and so I have to cancel a Tuesday night bar gig in Seattle. But. Um, yeah. Even though I've posted about that, and people are like, "Oh, we're gonna come to see you on the on the Tuesday," and I'm like, "All right, cool." But now I have to make a post. Be like, "Ah, I got canceled. I have to move stuff. I'm trying to go to New York City and get famous, yeah. and uh, and nothing will change." And then I'll, but it's fine. But um, yeah, so Instagram Andrew J Rivers, Facebook Andrew Rivers Comedy, or Andrew J Rivers is my. Uh, personal page but I just talk about politics and I don't really post funny stuff on there very much anymore because um, I think that, that again Facebook is like hey let's all have a chat like sometimes I start political discussions I don't know my position on it I just want to hear but people get so hardline on there that yeah. it's tough to make like a yeah. it's tough to have like a, just a mellow Hey, I'm just chatting. I'm just curious what you're up to. Well, you know. appreciate your time. Have a great day. Thanks, and uh, I'll put links to your social media in the show notes. And then awesome. next time you're in Spokane, I'll, I'll uh, come down and see you and, uh, and maybe buy you dinner or something if you're interested. Absolutely. Thanks. Hey, if anyone is listening and they want... If they follow me on Instagram or whatever, send me a DM and let me know that you got it from this show, and then I will send you my comedy special for free. Awesome. Okay. What a great deal. Have All right. Thanks, day, man. Take care. Bye. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to the Gladiator Seminars podcast. Be sure to visit gladiatorseminars.com. Also, please feel free to share, comment, or send us a message. We'll see you next week.